0: Welcome in, Demarcus. How are you doing tonight, my friend?
1: I'm good, brother. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. It's, it's a pretty good Saturday. I mean, the weather's not bad. Not raining. Can't complain, right?
1: Right. Yeah, it's pretty chilly here, but I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's better. is better than like 115. <laughs> so, yeah
0: <laughs> <I'll take that laughs> you're in
1: South, dude. You're in South Mississippi, I think. So, I mean, yep, you know, yep, it's, yep. it's not even a. it's, yeah, it's not th- a mystery to you
0: the clouds hit over here it hasn't been much sunlight unfortunately you know usually it's pretty nice but not not so far um where i lived in arkansas previous right in the middle of the state man it was it it was a little rougher of the weather with it going back and forth and back and forth so it's yeah. almost mimicking that you know yeah it does that here too
1: we're kind of in that same little zone where i mean today it's freezing cold tomorrow you'd be walking around in shorts
0: yep so. well Yep. contributor demarcus man it's great to have you on tell me what's where are you coming from and and then how is life your way man
1: okay i'm in dallas texas gotcha so, yeah fellow southerner uh life's treating me pretty good i i'm out next uh next week i'm a spanish teacher by trade and uh me, the students, all the parents, we're all looking forward to the fact that, you know, we're going to be out next week and kind of get to decompress a little bit. Uh, but I'm a workaholic, too, so I'll be working on something school-related anyway.
0: <laughs> if you're a teacher, you're definitely yeah. a yeah. workaholic. Yeah, we them. don't ever get off, so. <clears throat> no, sir. People say the summers, but I know I know the truth on that, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of, like, let's talk about you a little bit before we get into any kind of, of – of the research you've done and it's great research by the way it's totally data driven you know there's not really much opinion that can be laid out in this research you know it is what it is so definitely look forward to hearing more about that but like i said let's hear about you man uh you're a a spanish teacher how long have you been teaching about 12 years wow
1: actually and i didn't even grow up uh speaking spanish i taught myself in my 20s i just kind of randomly found out that i had an interest in languages i kind of had to look around for different resources and found a couple of good resources and actually started dating somebody and she didn't speak any english at all so that helped you know that's one to way that. to do it that's <laughs> one way to do it that'll help so
0: <laughs> y'all so i mean i guess there's not a language barrier anymore i'm guessing you you got it down
1: yeah yeah it's it's wonderful i mean uh the types of relationships you can build when you know more than one language is it's just it's wonderful it Opens up a whole new perspective on how to see things, which is kind of related to you know some of the other stuff I'm doing and even what I did with the research there. Um, but just a little bit more about me. Uh, I also have an online education community that me and my business partner uh, ran called AssignmentsToGo.com, um, and it's it's not sports related, but it's something that we do for uh, to create uh, an atmosphere for students to learn about entrepreneurship, personal development, academics, things like that. So I'm also involved in that. But uh, what we're talking about today, this is an unexpected passion for me, the XFL is. I always knew I was going to want to watch it, but I didn't expect to get so immersed into it Uh, because watching football was never the X's and X's and O's kind of guy. I didn't Break down routes and things like that and keep up with people's numbers and things like that. I just wanted to watch a game but Something about Seeing a new league of a renew league. So let's, let's put it that way Something about seeing a new endeavor take off and it not just be smooth sailing and you have to kind of figure out what's going on um, and on top of that Two leagues that really are I don't want to say that they're struggling but the market is definitely not exactly what they probably thought it was going to be. And so they're now saying, hey, look, we're probably going to have to hold hands and do this together. Well, what is that going to look like? Um, How do you measure the assets of one versus the assets of another to see what's going to make the best combination? We can say what we want to say as fans. I mean, if you're a USFL homer, you'd be satisfied if they just closed the XFL down and just went with USFL and likewise with the xfl i mean if you don't watch the usfl you don't care what happens to those teams but exactly if we're going to be together if we're going to come in this together and make a spring that's going to last well we got to get to know each other and we got to get to know where our strengths and weaknesses are and that's one of the things that i think i wanted to try and do with this yeah it's a little bit of wanting to be able to talk to I mean, you but, but you know i i like the whole idea of seeing a business grow. And I want to know how, what are they thinking about? What are they looking at? What are they, what, what, uh, what makes them lose sleep at night? What are they uh, hanging their hat on? What they think is going to work? Um, I want to know those things, but also I'm kind of one of those people that sort of like, I believe in advocating. I always tell my students that you know you vote in different ways you don't just vote up the ballot box you vote with your dollars too you vote with your attention you vote with your time uh you vote with uh where you choose to live in life so in a sense as consumers we are voting for this spring league and we have a right to say okay if i'm going to continue to give this my time and attention this is kind of the way i want to see it because that business is going to understand eventually whether or not they made the right decisions, because people are either going to keep watching uh they're going to come out to the game they're going to engage on social media or they're going to pull back and so i kind of wanted to do this research to see if i were in their shoes what decision would i make and then i can compare that to the decision that they make because even if they cut a team that let's just say they do cut a team they may not let's just say they cut a team that i like i at least want to be able to understand this is why they
0: did that Understood. And I mean, th- like I said, the data you're pulling and, and speaking of, it's not like this isn't just an opinion. This is you going and, and getting these numbers physically and saying, OK, here it is compiled. And to be honest with you, it is really surprising that with all of the things that is happening, someone hasn't done this yet. I mean, just to be honest with you, it was awesome. It's awesome stuff, man. But it's like it, it's one of the most obvious metrics we can look at in a whole to gauge who's more popular in reality. And so that's why I really enjoyed your your stuff, man.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm pretty sure they've got some internal stuff that they're looking at. I mean, they're not necessarily putting it out there for everybody to see, but um, that was kind of my surprise too. I mean, I've got a few surprises. I, I wonder why, uh, how come there are no polls that they're putting out to just ask people, hey, what do you guys want us to do? Give us some scenarios and we'll we'll come up with the best one.
0: Uh, Those can easily be sent to season ticket holders like email. email. That's an easy go. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem.
1: But. um, That goes back to what I was saying, that, you know, when it's all opinion, you know, both sides have to understand that they their side has a weakness. Their side has something that is not either doing well yet. Or something that maybe needs to stop. So, for instance, the XFL's weakness is it's expensive. I think what the XFL is doing in terms of getting to those markets and building the fan base, I think at some point you got to do that. You know, even the USFL, people talk about uh, XFL's business model, USFL's business model. Both leagues, we're going to have to do what the XFL is doing right now at some point anyway because if you're going to get those hub teams out of the hubs on the USFL side, you're going to have to go in those markets and engage with those fans. And you don't necessarily know that when you go to uh, go, go into, say, New Jersey or Philadelphia or New Orleans, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. You don't know how those people are going to turn out. So the model of engaging with fans was something that was going to happen anyway. However, it's expensive. You got to really be willing to, to shell out that money to get it done first. And that's What happens with any business? I don't care if you're building lawnmowers. I don't care if you're building houses. The people that build houses, you know, they got to put the money up to get that house built first.
0: Exactly. Then
1: when they sell it, they can make their money back. So, you know, it's a situation where uh, where uh, and when do we think uh, this will take off and become self-sufficient? So.
0: Well, today we we won't really get a too good of an idea of that, but we can gauge where the money would be better placed yeah, if exactly. It, so it makes sense and uh yeah. so that's that's what I really want to you know highlight is <clears throat> we throw money away on things that aren't that don't matter and that don't have a brand following. I mean, right. that you're throwing your money away. It's not exactly. coming exactly.
1: back. Exactly.
0: Let's get let's get some comments real quick and we'll we'll come back to it, okay? Okay. I just want to touch on some comments. We got Brahma Babe. Brahma Babe was one of the super fans that was in Houston today. And speaking of that, I'm going to go ahead and show that right now. So Brahma Babe said, hey, hey, on the road back to San Antonio from Houston. So she was one of the front runner super fans that actually went to um, Houston versus Oklahoma State today. They had a tailgate pretty good little event man they they garnered i think 200 more signatures on their petition uh, to keep houston roughnecks in houston uh but let me see let me find it here it is so i'll show the pictures first and i'll go to the video yeah but very well-known super fans here and brahma babe even she's from san antonio and drove down is what's what's real nice there's miss predator yep she's hanging out so you, you can see her petition a uh, qr scanner there i'd be curious yeah, to see who all they got from that and you know the funny thing is i think you can actually use this on like this picture as well you know it can it can be used
1: yeah you can pick it up off of that picture
0: so that's what's sweet yeah But they got to
1: get some – they got to get people buying season tickets too, though. That's another way to send a message. You really want to send a message that this is the team that we want get season tickets.
0: No doubt. No doubt. And my thing is, I think those fans are just a little – they're a little scorned from the last run around. And then the thing about it is, is they don't even know if they're going to be there next year. We don't have an official release. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I did find. Because as a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up because that was also one of my motivations. That okay, you have two teams in the same market. How do you know which one to pick? And so I said, well, let me look at some of the metrics and see if anything suggests that you know picking one over the other uh, would make sense. And it really wasn't a big surprise to me that there wasn't really any way that I looked at this where the gamblers were the more popular team. Understood. understand. Uh, Houston Roughnecks have a better uh, rating on television. They have more social media followers and you can point to people that have actually showed up to the games. It's one thing you can't say with the gamblers. I mean, you, do you know for a fact that more people are going to show up for the games when the gamblers start? And to be quite honest with you, if I'm an exec, I mean, which, if you're going to make a mistake on a team, which one do you want to make? You want to be able to say, Hey, look, I had all this data over here. I had three times the social media follows for this team. I had fans and stands. You know, I thought this one would work. Or would you say, hey, you know, I ignored all that and I just picked a team, but they hadn't been in the market in 40 years.
0: So Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's all relevant and it's it's all hard questions that super fans and fans alike don't really want to talk about because right. I mean you you're either going to win or lose. And right now we don't know who is winning or losing. And it sucks that we think of it that way, but I mean, this is life and this, right. a lot of things go.
1: So if you really if you want to kind of get into it now, I have um, I started the article out talking about my power rankings. So basically what I did, I took all the data and it's a lot of data, it's a lot of graphs and things like that. And I said, OK, I've got to be able to aggregate all of this together so that it gives a sort of a final picture of what the strengths of the spring league teams are. And so I started out the article with that. Um, and yeah, it's on the screen there. So you have top four. And basically, just so you'll know, we'll be talking about this. I established this by dividing the league into quarters. Okay. You have 16 teams. So that's four teams in each quarter. Okay. And I look at nine different metrics. And I look at those nine metrics as kind of like a contest. Where depending on where you land in that context, you, in that contest, you get a certain number of points. Okay. So, for instance, you have uh, uh, internet search, social media. So you have television performance, which I divide that into six different dimensions. All right, then you have attendance. All right, and uh, once you look at once you break all of that apart, I then look well, how are these teams ranking? when you look at each one of those dimensions and you get certain points for how you land with that. So the result came back that the top four spring league teams are DC, Arlington, Birmingham, and St. Louis.
0: And, and this is the, the, the power rankings is what you're talking that. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes. And this is not
0: based on how they did last
1: season in terms of. I
0: understand. The I understand. I understand. Like I'm that. just for just clarification. Engagement. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: You divide engagement up into direct engagement and casual engagement. Direct engagement is going to be things that 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 the business is actually looking for they're looking for people watching the product They're looking for people to uh bring you know come to the game and actually buy tickets and things like that that's direct casual engagement is everything else social media internet searches things like that and just so you'll know i weighted the direct engagement as being doubled out of the casual engagement so in other words when you look at the rankings there there's not anybody that has a high ranking just because of social media just because of internet search i mean that's not why they're running the business they want to make money
0: yes sir all
1: right so top tier dc arlington birmingham st louis uh second tier houston roughnecks michigan seattle and memphis now i will tell you that michigan surprised me i might be a person that's a little out of the loop but i had no idea coming from the south there are three football powers that you know of it's texas California and Florida, right? Those are the ones you hear about all the time, but I really honestly, Michigan, and not just because of the Panthers, Michigan is right up there too, in terms of their tradition. Uh, uh, but when they put the Panthers in their home stadium, it's too bad that I they, they, they don't have attendance figures because by a lot of different metrics, the Panthers are a very, very strong team and they were able to leapfrog even some of your legacy XFL teams from 2022, like Seattle. Um, so you've got uh, Michigan there, followed by Seattle, followed by Memphis. Uh, again, very impressive. Um, for a team that's in its first year and uh, in its home market, the first year for it to be able to leapfrog all the other teams, I think that's really saying something. I think that also says that the power of being in your home market is something that, I mean, for them, for Memphis to be number eight in its first year and it's not even close in terms of where they are versus those hub teams. I well, think that lets you know that's the power of direct engagement.
0: That is true, but much like much like like Birmingham, Memphis has a football history. Mm-hmm. And being like an AAF fan, which I was back in the old days 2018-19 whatever, um I mean there was a following for them and and it wasn't great football it wasn't great weather either it was terrible but i tell you i mean there was still a lot of asses in them stands right so i can see this just knowing that um area and being from there i, I can really yeah. you know but you know in michigan as well that's a hot name and like usfl you hear that often and, yeah. and just like you said college it's like you can see how how those two relate and really you know they cling to each other in in yeah. popularity so yeah.
1: I didn't put it in the document, but I you know, I ran uh the numbers on, you know, NFL engagement and the uh you know college football engagement, size of the market and things like that. And so that's why I say that Michigan's a really strong market. They're strong all the way across the board. I mean, when you look at uh, not to get into NFL, but you know, the, Detroit, you know, the okay. Detroit Lions, I mean, their rated their rankings in terms of viewership, I mean they're they were second last year. So, I mean and this is, this, this is despite the fact that they're not, you know, this year they're pretty good. But, I mean, before, past, say, 10 years, I mean, it's not like they've been, you know, Super Bowl contenders. But those people really do support their football up there. Yep, um, yep. The reason why I say Memphis surprised me is that, yeah, they may have a strong tradition there. But, and I say this for Birmingham, too, although Birmingham wasn't as much a surprise. If you look at those hub teams, there are a lot of bigger cities. Yep. Among those. And so for them to still be ahead of cities that are much larger than them and it's their first year, you know, I think that's saying something.
0: I agree so, on that.
1: that team. So.
0: People are hungry for that in Memphis, So I'm telling you, yeah. that's a nice, nice field and facility there, in my opinion, um, in Memphis. I mean, I, I love Liberty Bowl Stadium. That's one of my favorites growing up, been a lot. Um, so yeah, I can definitely, that, that one hits home for me. And like I said, like, and, and this is, this is me speaking, frankly, regardless of being a fan of either sport, you know? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you in terms of, I mean, you dubbed this, let me go back. I'm trying to make sure I have it right. Measuring spring football fandom, a quick look at XFL and USFL 2023 engagement stats. So in, in total, when you did this research, I mean, how long did it take you to gather these numbers?
1: <clears throat> oh, it didn't. It, I mean, some of these numbers are are kind of easy to find. You know, the viewership numbers are out there. Um, you've got to crunch them, though. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about that. I guess we can go ahead and talk about that. When you talk about the viewership data, you're going to find raw viewership averages there. So you'll find figures that say, you know, this is what the XFL did for the whole season. Right. Or. Uh, you'll find numbers that say this is what each team averaged, right? But one of the things that we have to understand with television distribution is that you're not always comparing apples to oranges. I mean, apples to apples. I understand. And in this case, it's apples to oranges in a lot of ways. So let me give you an example. Uh, The the USFL had two types of distributions, basically. You had over-the-air, and then you had Cable channels, right? I give the, some of those cable channels a nickname. I call them bad weather channels because it's hard to get a win <laughs> on those. But, and I'm talking about your cable channels that are not regular ESPN. I'm talking about your USA and
0: your FX Fox. channels that
1: people don't even think about when it comes yeah. to watching anything
0: sport. Oh, oh, so you're talking about like off, off, like FX and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the USFL basically distributed its games only in those two different dimensions. Um, and the the XFL had a third dimension, which was regular ESPN, which really doesn't fit in. It's not over the air. It's not as bad as some of those bad weather channels, but it's it's kind of in the middle. And you'll be able to see on the document that you know it's not a predictor. ESPN is a strong network, but it wasn't a predictor of where the XFL was going to get good ratings. I mean, some of the ratings on ESPN were every bit as low as some of the games on FX.
0: Matt Rice said TBS. <laughs>
1: But so when you're trying to compare the two, you have to be able to split apart. Okay, let's take the over the air games. All right. So that we're comparing over the air to over the air. Let's take the bad weather channel games and let's just compare those. Uh, Let's take um, primetime games and then let's let's split those up as well, because you had some primetime games that were on bad weather channels, as I call them. And then you had primetime games that were on over the air channels. And so how each league performed when you when you break apart all of the differences and you just look at what's what's similar, then you get a more accurate picture of how they can compete.
0: On this data here, let's stop at this point. Where do is that on here? That is that what you're talking about, those numbers. I just want to kind of line yeah, up. Yeah, you need to show keep people. scrolling down. Tell you me when to stop. Down. Yeah, keep going.
1: A little bit more, yeah. Pass all those graphs up right there.
0: Keep going. Here we are. Okay. Yeah. Here okay.
1: So let's stop right there. So when you look at just raw total viewership, this is not disaggregating. This is not disaggregating for anything. This is just we took the numbers and just add them all up. Mm-hmm,
0: you mm-hmm. see that
1: the USFL has the top three spots, right? uh then followed by arlington and san antonio st louis um and then you see the hub teams are toward the bottom right uh a lot of people just stop there they just say these are the ratings okay but scroll down just a little bit all right if we just look at over the air only now who's in the league who have who have the what league has the higher uh over the air uh games that were rated You see. Basically five XFL teams there. Uh, that wasn't going to be borne out by just the raw viewership total. And the reason why you want to look at a stat like that is that let's say they move all of the games over to over the air. That particular metric there might be more indicative of how the teams might do.
0: Understood. Because they're
1: actually uh, because we're looking at how they perform on that one network or on that one type of distribution. When you look at the top, when you look at the raw total average and you see that, for instance, Seattle was way down at 15, well, something explains why Seattle is that low. Yeah. And so, you know, in a lot of situations, and we'll talk about this in a second, uh, the prime time distribution, if you scroll down just a little bit, the prime time distribution had a lot to do with that. The USFL. Had uh more games that were prime time and over the air than the XFL did.
0: A lot more from this. <laughs> yeah, a lot more.
1: So I mean, just in just in over the air, the uh USFL had 29 games that were over the air, whereas the XFL only had eight. That's gonna make a big difference. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You're, not, you're not comparing the same thing when you're talking about a league that only had eight games over the air versus one that had 29. Uh the USFL had nine games that were prime time and over the air. That's, that's a golden
0: ticket spot. That's a big ratio that's difference a, as well. Yes, yeah,
1: it is. And I think that that speaks to why that, – that when you look at numbers like this, you understand why, for instance, Daryl Johnson said that he was so disappointed. Because when your league has that many more over-the-air games and that many more primetime over-the-air games, and the final result is that you're still about even – the example that I like to use, let's just say you and I are pushing – two couches across the room. And they're the same, same everything, same size, same weight, everything. And somebody comes in and says, uh, somebody comes in after the fact and they go, okay, their couches are around the same, they got them about the same distance across the room. But then you peel it back and you find out that, you know, I had to, I had to push the couch 15 more times and I had to take an energy drink to get it to the same spot you got. Then now that lets you know, okay, we're probably not about equally strong. You're probably stronger than I am because I had to put more into it just to get the same distance out of it. And so, what you're seeing here is that, yeah, the USFL and the XFL ended up somewhere about even in terms of total averages, but look at what the USFL had to put into that just to get that average. And so, that explains why. Let's just say the XFL came knocking and saying, hey, let's merge. That's, that explains why the USFL yeah, said, yeah, let's go ahead and do that.
0: Give us because that, we, please, yeah. please. Because, yeah.
1: Let me tell you something. The USFL could not afford for the XFL to end up with their kind of distribution.
0: Because if they did.
1: It, 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 this wouldn't have been close. Yeah. And it wasn't supposed to be close. When you have a distribution like what the USFL had this year, having all those games on over-the-air networks, and having all those games on primetime over the this was not supposed to be close. I've heard people say, you know, well, the USFL is getting about the same and they're not spending the money, but they are putting more into it. They, they should be getting more out of it in terms of viewership than what they are with the positioning that they have. And so the fact that they don't have that is really telling. Now,
0: I want to note, too, before we go forward, okay. you know, a lot of uh, a lot of folks were watching XFL through the ESPN Plus app. Uh, mm-hmm. Many many individuals I knew. Um, I just want to note that. So, yeah. also with the USFL, it seemed like their scheduling and their times and their, their everything was established and concrete and, and mm-hmm. just better. And I, I'll say that frankly, as a, an XFL fan, the scheduling for the USFL in whole, in my opinion, was better. Whether it be earlier games in between the other games, you know, we didn't have a one a.m. game with USFL. Right. So I mean yeah. that that's another thing I want to note that you know it's it's crazy that if you if you flipped this what would happen
1: Yeah and see that's the thing going into 2024 the XFL had room to do things like that exactly. they had room to say hey let's let's do a little extra mar- uh, marketing in market let's uh, let's get some of these chant these games on regular over the air TV or at the very least regular ESPN. Let's move a lot of our games over to that distribution and see what that does. The USFL really doesn't have that that next gear to go to.
0: Yep, yep. Henry, uh, he said we would have an XFL game on ESPN and have cornhole. And, and they would finish the hornhole before getting to the XFL game. And we all remember this if we were XFL fans. Yeah. I think this was week three that this happened, week four. It happened a couple of times, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it
1: was more than one time.
0: And it was different sports, if I remember, too. I think one was darts or something. I can't remember. But there was different yeah. things, you know. Right. Yeah, like and,
1: yeah. And then you had the opposite kind of situation over with the USFO where – and. Uh, I I okay this, this this okay this is one of my little shit talking moments so just so bear with me okay this is where uh, that two million viewer game that uh, Michigan and Memphis had now again granted I give it I give it give you that Michigan is a has a strong football tradition there but there's nothing else in the data that would suggest that those two teams would organically and naturally have a two million view game. They don't sniff over a million any other time. Exactly. So, something explains that. Well, what it explains is that I always joke with them and say a bunch of old people fell asleep watching the Kentucky Derby and just left the TV on. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. yeah
1: but, I mean, as you can see, I kept that data in there. I'm not going to take that out. Just, I mean, it has to do with whether or not I believe it. Two million viewers is two million viewers. I'm going to keep it in there. Yep. Uh, but um, the point I was going to make with that is that. Unlike the opposite of the whole cornhole thing running over into your game and, and, you know, people turn away because something else is on the channel. The USFL had the opposite advantage where it's like, hey, let's take this big event, the Kentucky Derby that A lot of people are watching and let's stick our thing right behind that. And for that game, I mean, in terms of numbers, it worked.
0: I mean, most men. Even you boys, if we're watching something and it's following up with somewhat interesting topics, sports, news, whatever, I'm sure that we will engage. I will engage same thing with women it, it just depends on the subject matter but i mean this is a it's a it's it's a good way to do business in my opinion and yeah it, you know it, it it's what god it's what gets people to your product and that's there's no exactly. shame in that
1: exactly and I, i'm not knocking them you
0: know, oh i know i know i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm being the devil devil's advocate here you know i'm not pro either one i'm pro for spring football success and that's something that you know we've talked about numerous times
1: and i try to and i have to make sure that their audience understands that too that okay do i drink coke more than pepsi yeah but will i drink both sure yep i mean i didn't i you know the usfl was already gone by the time i was really watching football i was was alive when it was around but i didn't know anything about it um (laughs) i remember the xfl from when i was you know teenager or something like that but um as a teacher i've had plenty of students who i had a, a student named chris chris was spelling every single class except welding and it's like dude go do that
0: there, <laughs> make your there, money dog yeah <laughs> there are
1: some of these guys playing in these spring leagues where it's like yo this is the thing that i know how to do and for these leagues to exist and to be giving these guys an opportunity to do that that's what matters it means forget what you know forget what my preference is i want to see these guys be able to do something to have a decent life uh like i said i do i like the xfl style better i do because of the fan engagement but at the end of the day it's about those guys
0: agreed yeah kenneth said and yet the xfl still competed against the usfl quite well um Hashtag product value, hashtag brand power. And, and right. that's the truth. And yeah. if we wouldn't have been scorned by the 2020, you know, COVID season, there's no telling where we'd be sitting in terms of XFL. It'd be a whole right. different world right now.
1: I think it definitely would be. I don't even think we would be. Well, I know we wouldn't be having this discussion now Have they finished that season out. With the ratings that they got, with the television distribution that they got. I mean, you got to remember... Those games were all – I think those games were all on network television, over-the-air television, and they were easily getting over a million views.
0: It was hot. Yeah, it it was hot. Yeah, yeah, people loved it, man. Uh, Let me run through a couple more comments before we move on. XFL Mike G said, would have loved to have a consistent schedule like the USFL. And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly because when I just started planning the season, even December, you know (laughs) – I still didn't get to plan anything until January. So, yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. Uh so Gregory Gregory said, "Yeah, I hear what this gentleman is saying, but the USf- USFL season started later. I'm sure there was some spring football fatigue involved." And hey, I'm 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 I'm, I'm agreeable with that uh, yeah. wholeheartedly. There's too there's there is such thing as too much. Um right. but I mean, as spring football fans, we know what we're in for and we all right. knew what was coming this last year in terms of spring football.
1: Right. I think that one of the things that I bring up about spring football, and I kind of talk about it later on in the article, is that we can't look at spring football with any of the assumptions that we might take into the NFL. Exactly. The NFL can afford to make the NFL can have a three to two snooze fest and be fine. Do you see what I mean? They can have a game that they can have the two stars teams play, you know, and it's not going to affect the brand. These spring leagues can't afford that. They can't have bad games. They can't have bad quarterbacks. They can't have receivers dropping the ball. Uh, So little things that that other types of football leagues don't worry about. This league is going to have to worry about it. So, for instance, you know, like you talked about um, USFL, it's hotter in the summer. Mm -hmm. And who in the South, wants to go sit outside and watch a a team that they may not have an attachment to, watching players that they've never heard of, you know? So we've got to be realistic about that, that spring has to, spring football has to get over that hump first in order to, uh, before they can make other kinds of, of, of assumptions and before they can take other risks
0: yeah 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 i, I test with that and agree i can't i don't even want to sit outside for a minor league baseball yeah. game you know in, in april may so i can't imagine right you, know, you gotta really love it to do it and and that's you okay do. some people do but <clears throat> it's it's right, getting right. those people out there and, and making them find that love is the first right. part of the whole kicker
1: right and i think that that's and I, not not to get off topic and talk about the hubs i think it's one, that's one of the reasons why the hub teams as you can see throughout all of the data that's why they're lagging because you have to overcompensate if you're a guy that's five two you got to do some things that a guy that sticks to doesn't have to do to get attention and these hub teams they they're not doing the direct engagement that the teams that are in markets are doing when you look at the data, Las Vegas and Orlando, these are two of the weakest XFL teams. They not only in terms of record, but in terms of attendance, they still outperform those hub teams.
0: Understood. Understood. All right. Let's move forward. Um, next piece of the data you'd like to present, just just uh, point me towards that direction. Let's
1: go down to, uh, I want to say something about the primetime game. So scroll down just a little bit. I want right to point there. out. Yeah. the. If you look at the bottom box there, um, I want you to notice the, where the advantage uh, probably comes in for a lot of the USFL teams. Um, Fox did an excellent job of making sure that they all had primetime over the air games. Um, and if you compare that, look at the XFL side. You had six of their teams that never had primetime over the air games. That's going to make a big difference. Wow. As a matter of fact, the only game that the XFL had that was primetime man over there was a championship game.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: that's it. So XFL teams lost a lot of points in my metrics because they didn't compete in that dimension. Now, if you look right across from that, you had four USFL teams that didn't have the opposite problem, which is they didn't have primetime games that were on the bad channels.
0: Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, and they're that's all last there, yeah. huh? Right. And that's surprising with New Orleans as well. I mean, I, you know, I thought they were more popular market than that.
1: Yeah. Well, um, it kind of doesn't necessarily surprise me. I mean, it's it, it's not a you know it's not a small town, but you know, yeah, they're loyal. Some some people are. Let me tell you, some some people. If they eat pizza, it's only going to be Pizza Hut. If it's not Pizza Hut, they not <laughs> Hey,
0: that's and, me most of the time. I ain't going to yeah. lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and some of these sports fans, some of these sports towns, they're kind of one-trick ponies. Like, for instance, Oklahoma, you know, they love OU. But do we know that if we put a protein there, they'd like that just as much? We would assume that they would, but we don't know. I mean, New Orleans loves the, the Saints. But it's not obvious that that football love just naturally rolls over to the Breakers. I kind of thought that too. I thought that the practice would be a little more popular, but they're on that, that third and fourth tier of the league of quite often.
0: Yeah. And that I'm curious if, you know, they've had some rumbles about the shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious yeah, if, if getting them in a home place is going to make a difference. And according to your data, it does make somewhat of a difference to yeah. be in your home city, you know, yeah. and it, it, that makes sense. You, you, your fans have a personal connection to that team, to that sport, right. whatever. Exactly.
1: And that's um, why I say Michigan, my prediction is that I think Michigan's going to overtake Birmingham as the as the center of USFL, the USFL, you know, fandom. Um just in terms of how they showed out for that team. And uh if I were a Birmingham Stallions fan, a couple of teams would scare me. They're not necessarily performing well now, but they're kind of There might be some data that says that they could in the future. Um, And that is New Jersey. They're not in their market right now. But if you look at uh, TikTok, guess who's number one in terms of followers on TikTok? The damn generals. Interesting. Yeah.
0: It makes you wonder how much of these, you know, does this, is this one person that really takes it and runs with it on the socials? Or is it a committee approach and one just happens to get lucky? Right.
1: That would I, mean, I would be very market.
0: interested in that, to be honest with you. You know, I know yeah. like XFL has a team that does that, but yeah, I mean am just very, very curious on that. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. I'm and sorry, so just yeah. imagine
1: what would the generals be if they were in market. I mean, that's a listen, that area, just that area, you want to be in the sort of that New York, New Jersey area if you're gonna do anything sports related. That's a massive viewership market. So i you know maybe maybe rent you know stadium rentals are more there maybe it's harder to find things that are affordable in that area but if if you ask me i probably would have tried to put a hub there or somewhere in the area you know where because i mean think about it if you hub the stars and the generals together somewhere either in the philadelphia area or somewhere in new jersey i mean you can get those people out and i think that once you get those big markets out um i think that if i were a smaller market like birmingham you know i would probably worry about that because if you notice birmingham they do better than bigger cities that are not playing in market but every city that's bigger than birmingham that was playing in that market beat birmingham in terms of interesting yeah
0: now I'm going to, when going forward, let's try to say some of the numbers that matter just for the listeners okay. that listen and don't okay. watch. I yeah. just want to note that because they're probably confused as hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just have the screen open and I'm running through some stuff. You know, I'd, I'd say that. about, I'd say about 40% of our listeners are are just listeners. You know, they're not video gotcha. watchers. So I gotcha. just yeah. want to note that, but guys, I'll have a link to his stuff in the show notes it'll be just click and go super easy it's assignments to go is is the website url and i'll post the exact link in those notes all right so i tell you what i mean if you're okay with it i'll post this link out in the chat and if people want to keep yeah, up please with please it please. as we're talking please do you know,
1: and I, that that's my bad i you know I, I forgot about the people who were just you're good
0: that's my job as the host i'm i'm getting too excited with this research dude hearing you talk about it um i will note as well i mean yeah yeah, um this site we've got some things coming for our own news site guys at home if you're listening there are some developments on the way um with the podcast and and the evolution of the show and then the news and everything so keep your your head up and eyes open Uh, we should have something within the next week um about you know a resource where you can find stuff like this so just keep keep all your, your, your eyes open your ears alert and and, and just pay attention because things are about to go down
1: okay so uh let's see So you want to talk some numbers uh if you want yeah, just to go ahead like mm-hmm. you're doing and just yeah, you stop know, right like- there Stop right there. Okay. I want to tell everybody what that is because they just see a bunch of dashes and dots <laughs> and colors and all that kind of. Thing. It's
0: right. like Morse code. <laughs> right, right,
1: right, okay. So again, this is me putting my teacher cap on. I wanted to kind of give sort of a visual illustration. Okay, which again, another thing that doesn't help the people that are listening. But hey, uh, pause real quick. Sometimes.
0: Pause real quick. We had a question. Okay. Real quick okay. before we move forward, the OTA was over the air, correct? Yes. And then the BWC, what was that again?
1: That stands for bad weather channel, which means it's it's the bottom tier cable. It's not regular ESPN. It's any of those other channels like FX, USA, ESPN2, FS1, any of those smaller uh, distribution channels.
0: Okay. Just had a question on that. Okay. So go ahead and go back forward. I I just wanted to note that, you know, while people were paying attention.
1: Okay. So uh, in that chart there that people, you know, maybe people who are watching or people who open the article later on, what you'll see is that basically I took each game and I put it in the, the, um, the tier of the hundreds of thousands that it fell in. And so it's color coded, right? So the over the air games are going to be green. Okay the red uh games are going to be uh the bad weather channels uh the black is regular espn which only the uh, xfl had those and then the gold ones are prime time and over the air
0: okay Understood.
1: now i want you to so sometimes when you look at the chart you kind of see where stuff clusters together so if you notice the USFL has a bunch of games that cluster in the 700,000s. Yep. So they've got about 12 games that cluster there. 12 of their, their total, the, 42, the 43 games, were in the 700,000 range. And then you have about 10 that are in the 200,000 range. So what you see with the USFL is that you have bigger swings there. They either did decently in the seven hundred thousands or they did poorly in the 200,000. Now you compare that to the other side, you see the XFL the the games are a little more evenly distributed up the spectrum.
0: yep, yeah, that's pretty good though right there at the top, you know what? It, good illustrations
1: right. So for instance, the XFL has six games that hit a million. Uh, you see that the USFL had one game in the million range and they had the two million uh, game. But overall, you see in terms of total numbers over a million, that lead goes to the XFL. Um, however, the USFL advantage comes back, and if you look at games between that seven hundred to 900,000 range, you see that the USFL has more games in that range than the XFL did. And that, again, you can see on the screen that that's distribution. You can see exactly what that is. Yep. That's 12, 13 games that are over the air versus in that same range, the XFL only has three games over the air in that same range. Um, Another thing that you notice from this particular chart is that it looks like the XFL has a higher ceiling on those bad weather channels. Even though they're not the best positioning, they have a higher ceiling on those channels. So uh, they're able to get ratings up into the 600,000 viewers on those bad channels, which is higher than what the USFL could get um, but interestingly enough, the USFL has a lower floor on over the air, so their lower over the air ratings are about 500,000.
0: Oh, wow! <clears throat> this is pretty self explanatory, so I really don't have much questions, guys. At home, you got any kind of questions or, or comments to the uh table?
1: And then just while you're waiting on that, like I said, you can see from the illustration there that ESPN was not a guarantor of anything. Um, of course, I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to be on it, but I mean, it's all up and down there. It says high as a million, low as 200,000. So it could be anywhere in there.
0: I mean, you know, as well as I do, and this isn't my opinion. This is what I've garnered from the news and ratings is ESPN's kind of fallen off compared to what it was years ago. It's not the same station, not the same content. Yeah. And um, then, of that's, course, that's not my opinion. Like I said, right?
1: And you know, uh, to, to add some context, you know, both of these leagues were competing against other things. You know, yeah, it wasn't. They were they were not just competing against each other. You know, so, for instance, during the XFL season, I mean, you had you know NHL, you
0: know, games and playoffs, March Madness, you know, March Madness. Yeah.
1: Uh, the USFL. That's why some people say, oh, well, you got to you got to adopt a later schedule because you got to get away from March Madness. Well, hell, you're still going to run into the NBA playoffs.
0: Yeah. It don't so matter what it, you do.
1: It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to run into something that you're competing against. So some of these games that are low, that have a low rating is something else was on.
0: Understood. And that's and it, and like- if something
1: else is on and you're on a bad channel. I mean, you can pretty much hang it up.
0: It's it's surprising to me because the -the over-the-air channels, I mean, personally, I'm not like a big cable guy, but I even use those for some sports and events. And then just to turn on the the time sometimes, you know, the digital antenna is an awesome thing. So all this data has really surprised me in the fact that, I mean, those numbers should be a lot better with that being said. Yeah, they should be.
1: Yeah. Now, the good thing about it is that when you look at from, when you look at it from the team perspective, uh, when you look at their viewership averages on over the air, the good thing about it is that the individual teams themselves don't uh, dip down below 700,000 on over the air. So there may be some games here and there that dip, but in terms of overall over the air averages for the teams, they do pretty well when they're on over the air. And so I think that if the decision move these games which is what we heard they're going to move them over to on the air i mean that's to me that's that's a no-brainer
0: yeah i agree and some people don't like that but i think in terms of numbers it's definitely a help yeah
1: Yeah. i don't think you have a choice with that because i think we can kind of if you want i mean we don't have to stay on it but i kind of wanted to mention something about the ncaa comparisons at the bottom um because it kind of talks a little bit about that that when you talk about what's a good rating or what's a good attendance, well, sometimes it helps to compare that to other things uh, that we're a little bit more familiar with, because when you say, you, well, we don't want it to be over the air. Well, I mean, I don't know what what kind of result you're trying to, to get yeah. out of these games. I mean, that's the best positioning over the air is best primetime over the air is best. Um, so if you look at if you scroll down just a little bit, I want to just kind of give everybody some context on how you can think about some of the viewership Um, right here. Keep. Yeah, right there. And I'm going to pull it up here just so I can talk about the number. No problem. You're good. Okay. So the renegades averaged about, let's say 69,000 viewers. Now, if this were an NCAA team, that would be around what Kansas and army would get for a season at. Okay, um, so that's kind of on the top tier of the XFL. On the bottom tier, you have Seattle that averaged about 518000 That's somewhere around Wake Forest, UCF, Arizona. Now, I've I had somebody say, well, I mean, what's the point of comparing this to college? You know, it's they're, they're not it's not a college league. Well, obviously, it's not a college league, but it's a similar, you're selling a similar product. And what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to gauge about how popular, about how big a reach do these teams have. So, for instance, if you're a Seattle Dragons fan, your team is about on TV, your team is about as popular as UCF or Arizona or Wake Forest. Um, and I think that measuring these teams against college is I think it's elucidating uh, or you know something that can uh, shed a lot of information because college unlike the nfl everybody every team in the nfl is top tier right college you have a wide spectrum of teams you have the team that you only know about it because you got stranded somewhere and some guy that's a janitor at the college came to help you change your tire and then you got your blue chip you know uh teams like alabama notre dame texas or whatever so we can measure the growth of the popularity of the spring league by knowing what teams that they're roughly the equivalent of or what games they're roughly the equivalent of. So when you know that, you know, uh, for instance, Michigan, their season average, they're about as popular as West Virginia, Kansas, you get some kind of an idea. Uh, and I did that for attendance too, by the way.
0: Gotcha. So yeah. is this, is this, what, do I need to scroll some more? You got some more it's,
1: of. Go, go further up. You'll see uh, that. Um, okay. So right here. Instance, um, let me scroll up while I'm talking. St Louis uh they average about thirty five thousand uh attendees. That's around what Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt and Oregon State, Cincinnati that's about what they drew for their uh twenty twenty two averages. So those are some pretty decent names. I mean, if you watch even if you don't watch college football, you may have heard of those teams before. no and doubt so that's one of the things that i when i think about popularity i think what description would you use to explain the popularity popularity goes from i don't watch football but i've heard of that team all the way over to i watch football every day and i've never heard of that team so where on that spectrum are we in terms of spring league? you know we want to be you want what we want to do i mean it's new but we want to eventually get to the point to where A person that doesn't watch spring league still has heard of the San Antonio promise. They've still heard of the Michigan Panthers. They've still heard of the Birmingham stallions or the DC defenders. That's where we want to get. So, uh, you can see in terms of popularity, St. Louis is pretty much kind of already there. They're in that territory where you may not. So for instance, let's take Cincinnati and Boise state. You may not watch those teams, but you probably have heard of them. That's something that's saying something. Um, San Antonio and um, D.C., you're getting a little more obscure. You're talking about like New Mexico, New Mexico State, uh, a lot of Conference USA teams. I mean, not, you know, unknown, but less known. And then the bottom half, Seattle, Arlington, Houston. Now you're talking about schools like Charlotte, Kent State, Ball State, Coastal Carolina. I've heard of those teams because I listen to sports all the time. I don't think a casual fan has ever heard of those. (laughs) <laughs> and then lastly, Orlando and Vegas. I mean, you're talking about West Texas AM in the Lone Star Conference. I didn't even know there was a Lone Star Conference.
0: <laughs> in Arkansas Tech.
1: Yeah, Arkansas <laughs> Tech. The things like that.
0: <laughs> but it's Arkansas Tech. Is that is that in Russellville? Is that correct? I think it's I, Russellville, I, Arkansas. Yeah, I, I want to say so. It's uh the original I think it's water burger is there. If y'all ever make it that way to Russellville, check it out. It is spectacular. Right. <laughs> I had to plug that real quick. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. You said the original Whataburger. burger is not from Texas. Are you telling me that?
0: It's it, it was an off franchise. I don't know the exact details, and I've only oh, see, had friends. are going
1: to tell me that Whataburger was not from Texas. It doesn't even
0: and- look like a Whataburger. You see it, man. It looks like you a mom to and pop. You go
1: ahead and insult me at the beginning of the podcast so I can go ahead and I'll get tell it you what
0: I'll tell you what. I will Google it after we get done tonight, and I will send you some details. Because, honestly, I'm curious now, but I'm pretty sure it's a Whataburger, but you can't tell. I don't tell. know, man. They don't have that. the franchise tag. They don't have any of the... I'll have to send it to you, man. Uh, let you see yeah. it. But
1: I know um, they're not owned by a Texas company anymore. No, I thought, they, I thought they started in Texas.
0: Arkansas people love this place, and that's how I know it. It's just from buddies taking me over the years. But yeah, in terms of the research, this is great stuff. Whether it be the actual attendance or the viewing numbers here, I mean, this will give you an idea of the relation of, of what each team means to, I guess, you know, a community as a whole, as well as exactly. the popularity.
1: Because listen, the, the growth of the league, and this is why I kind of always pause diehard football fans from saying, hey, man, I don't care what they do. I just, don't, I just want football. We, you have to have a faction of the fandom that feels that way, right? Exactly. Anytime you're selling something, you need diehard people that are just <laughs> like, if you're selling it, I'll buy it from you. But the question is, have we already maxed those people out in spring football? Have, do we already have the people who will watch spring football? no matter what configuration it's in, what if the growth of spring football is mainly casual fans, people who, yeah, they'll watch football if there's somebody on the team that they've heard of or if there's a story behind the game or if they have a connection to the team or something like that. But if, you know, or if they're bored or something like that, but what if, what if that's the faction that we have to hit up in order to grow this? Those people, you know, they could be picky. You know, no I'm just like they can be as picky as me with enchiladas. If enchiladas have onions in them, I'm not eating them. You know, <laughs> there are some people with football that's just like if they don't want to see a nine to seven defensive game, they're not watching that. Yep. And so, you know. Or there. Are, or not to not to beat a, you know, dead horse, but and I, I had a cousin who played for the Patriots back in the 90s. And he, he always says, I hate when football season's over. And so I asked him a couple of weeks ago, I said, So if you love football so much, how come you don't watch the Spring Leagues? I was like, that's good football. I enjoy it. I was like, how come you don't watch that? He's like, because I've never heard of any of those guys. You know, I don't know who these teams are. You know what I mean? So that's the person that you have to win over. And he he just straight up said it. He's like, if I if not knowing the guy playing on the team. And not knowing the team is already a turnoff. I'm damn sure not watching them play in front of fifty people. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it is what it is. And like yeah. I said, the data that I put on the document shows you that there are some instances where a hub team will jump up, you know, somewhere. But for the most part, they're you know they're not yet an asset. I have an idea of what we can do with them, um, but we don't have to get into that. But
0: Yeah, we can talk about it more. No worries. You're fine. We can keep on moving. It's all good. I just wanted to pick this apart a little bit just because it's fantastic, man. It really is. The important thing to remember is, you know, when you look at these college teams, they have a history. They have a a following that's lasted a long time, some of them longer than others. But, I mean, these are people that, that really love their teams. And if you can match these numbers like this, it really does speak volumes and the long term success, as long as you can sustain that, you know? As long as you can sustain it. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's meaningful. I know there's a, when I tweeted it, um, there's a guy that was like, you know, why is this important? You know, he was like, so what? What are you trying to say? I think he thought I was making a dig at, at, at one of his teams. And I was like, no, I'm not, this is not an insult to say that your team has about the popularity of, you know, you know, miami or wake forest that's not a dig on your team it's giving you some sort of an idea of where you are now you know where you want to go up from so for instance when i say that the majority in terms of of attendance the majority uh of 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 teams are somewhere around conference usa or the the mac or something like that okay well you at least you know where you are now you can contextualize that and so you can say okay well we're we're at conference usa now we want to get up to, what's the next level up? Is it Big 12? Is it, you know, Pac-12? You know, if, if, if that's the next level up, let's shoot for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking frankly, I mean, I know that if we would have had a lot more community engagement in these XFL cities, I don't know about USFL because I, I didn't cover them, you know, mm-hmm. you would see more on these numbers, no doubt. If the schedule was laid out. You know, two or three months ahead of time, with season tickets available, you would see more people. You would see more fan numbers, You would see more viewing engagement. So, I mean, it's it's all relevant and necessary. To it, and I it,
1: think that I think that the I think that the USFL season proved that. Yeah, that they did all of the non direct engagement things that you can do. They're on social media. They had a Super Bowl commercial. They're on over there. They've done all of the sort of the distant promoting that you can do to get you know popularity out there they did everything except and and of course and i'm talking about in the hub you know situation they did everything except let the players be there so people can actually you know touch them you know and see them and have that experience because when you look at the xfl games and you see all of those people dressed up in costumes and having a good time i mean it looks like a party and It's a part of that, you know, just watching that. I mean, there's a part of the brain, you know, the mirror neuron center, where when you see a person smiling, your automatic reaction is to want to smile back at them. Or when you are in a room, why do you think comedies are funnier when you're sitting in a crowd?
0: It's that energy, baby. It's that, you know, you can feel it.
1: And that's why, you know, Houston Roughnecks fans are about ready to burn the city down if they (laughs) lose their team. (laughs)
0: they're
1: not they're not doing that just because they watch a few guys in
0: the empty stadium yeah no doubt on that and speaking of that predator couple chimed in earlier and they said they have 816 signatures now so congrats to them on their hard work and when we first started man that thing started with like 50 or 60 and i saw it at 90 then you know just kept growing from there but that's awesome guys appreciate your work all the super fans that were involved with that let um, me give you
1: a stat about uh interesting stat uh, to predator couple the houston roughnecks just on if you just took their their performance on the bad channels okay the channels where it's hard to get a good rating and i'm gonna see if i can pull it up here the houston roughnecks average just on those channels is higher than the gamblers total average even if you include the gamblers uh games on over the air and prime time and things like that the roughneck averages on those bad channels is still higher
0: all the way around on any of these categories correct
1: yeah, yeah any, any of them yeah. i mean we can run through it let's see um the roughnecks had they averaged five hundred forty-two thousand just on the bad channels okay and then the gamblers total their raw Viewer average is 525,900. All right. So, uh, just to kind of give you, uh, try to give you an idea of, let's just say Matt and I are in class, right? And I said, me and Matt are going to compare our grade in the class. I'm just going to average my bad grades for the class, but I'm going to average all of Matt's grades, even his good grades. And my average is still higher than his. <laughs> I'm
0: you failing, know? man. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, how bad are you? feeling Yeah, it's like it, it, I can see you, you tried to make this as fair as possible. Yeah. And even when you went and gave, you know, uh, three handicaps, you still wind up with a similar result. Yeah, you do.
1: Yep.
0: Understood. Uh, and then, in terms. Uh, the, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I there's a graph that I have and you might they may just have to pull it up directly where I put the search um
0: is it on your Twitter?
1: No, it's on my Twitter
0: too. Okay. Um, I'm on your Twitter I, right now, so if you okay. have it on here I can pull it up. Just yeah, tell me what you look for.
1: Okay. You can pull up where the search trend for the gamblers and the roughnecks are compared. And You see this, so basically the way Google Trends works is that if you put two things in there to compare, um, the biggest spike that you see is going to be the most popular that one of the, so let's just say with Houston and and the Roughnecks and the Gamblers. Um, You'll see on the graph that the Roughnecks are the blue line and then the Gamblers are the red line. The top of that crest,
0: that Hold on. Let me let's find this. Let's find this before I. don't, don't want to get people confused. Let's find it was
1: on. But it was on the. It was on the, uh, the
0: it's on the. Keep
1: the going. Keep going. Keep
0: down keep or going. up?
1: Keep going down.
0: Yeah, it's just dead end right here.
1: It's not letting you go past
0: that. No, no, it's just dead end right there. Oh, okay, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got the wrong page pulled up. Hold on, dude. Okay, that's my bad. I was looking at the wrong thing. All right, I'm going down.
1: And if you can't find it, I mean, it's on the article too, but, um, keep going. Right okay, that might be it. I,
0: your Search trend comparison. comparison for the roughnecks and us. There you, gamblers. Go. Okay. there you go.
1: Okay. Do you see how much bigger that spike is for the roughnecks than the gamblers?
0: Yep. Yep. The blue spike is the roughnecks. Yeah.
1: Now, whenever I see a spike like that at the beginning of the season, and what you'll notice is that because sports are seasonal, they all kind of have that spike at the beginning because everybody's excited about the new season. So they're, they're searching all kinds of things, you know, when's the game, where, you know, who are the players and all that kind of stuff. I call that an anticipatory spike, all right? That rates the overall enthusiasm for the coming of the season of that particular team. So uh, if you look at the gamblers, you see that they have a a spike at the beginning of their season, too. But compare the size difference between the roughnecks
0: and the gamblers. You're looking at 75 just off there, correct? Right. Yeah.
1: And so what that means is, though, so you see that the roughnecks are up at the top of the graph, which is at 100. Okay, Mm -hmm. That top spike. And then you look at the top spike for the gamblers. It goes up to 25. What that means on Google Trend is that the gamblers are a quarter of the popularity of the Roughnecks in terms of their searches.
0: And what was the date? Did you do full? That was for
1: for the past 12 months. And I didn't mention that at first. When I was looking at the social media, when I looked at how the totals averaged out, I said, well, maybe maybe this is just a situation where the older the team, the more the followers. Because obviously you have the legacy XFL teams that are still in the league, right? They were here back in 2020. You've got your USFL teams that played their first season in 2022. And then you've got your new teams, you know, from both leagues that started this year. And I said, well, maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just that you have been around longer. You've just been around longer to accumulate followers. And so that's where what we call multivariate assessment helps, which is where you don't just measure things using one tool. You use it using you measure it using a bunch of different tools and see if they all go in the same direction.
0: See what the correlation is.
1: Right. See what the correlation is. So when I see that the roughnecks have a higher social media following than the gamblers, I can't just automatically assume that that just automatically means they're more popular. When I look at this search, though, this I did that search for this year, current year, and you see that that same relationship still exists. So this is not a situation where the roughnecks and the gamblers are secretly equal as popular, but nothing is showing it. No, <laughs> you know, every metric that's available, if you look at viewership, roughnecks beat them. If you look at social media, roughnecks beat them. If you look at searches, roughnecks beat them the only spot where the gamblers do better is if you isolate and you just look at prime time the gamblers beat them and that's because of distribution the the gamblers had all their primetime games on over the <laughs> air the roughnecks had all their primetime games on the bad channels. so obviously they should have beaten them in that that, that situation
0: Agreed. And great, great data here. And your points make sense and they're all driven by this. You know, this isn't you just saying la da da da. This is what I think. This is like legitimate as it comes. And if people are gonna argue this because they're just some ignorant people out there. But I mean, this isn't an argument for us. We are just talking right. about this data. We are just discussing this, this these this conversation. You know, this isn't pro anything. I'm just noting right. this again. And but, let me
1: just give a shout out to those people though, to the people who are diehard XFL Homers, diehard USFL Homers because it's it's tempting for us to say that these are people that you know they're just being home and to, to some degree that's true because some people just you can show them you know in their face you know that something's not working they're just like nope, that's still what I want to do But to a degree we're looking at the result of successful branding That's the purpose of branding you want to take, a general demand in the market and create a bias for your particular product you don't want people to be just as likely to go buy a shirt from the guy across the street as to buy from you you want the people to say well if you're closed today and you're not selling shirts I'm just not going to buy one
0: today exactly. that's
1: what we want and we want spring football to have that sort of a bias where people are like no I'm just watching this.
0: Well, so, I, I think that point was true, but now that we're talking about the merger, you know, that definitely shifts that, that, that thinking. And I mean, cause if they combine and we act some teams on either end, you're going to really have some people that just quit or, or just yeah, like become a full-time hater, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of, I'm kind of curious about that, to be quite honest with you, that if we end up playing separate seasons this year because i mean the closer we get to when something's supposed to start the harder it is to make adjustments
0: I mean, agreed these
1: stadiums you can't just show up at the stadium and be like okay no we're not gonna play in february can we come in you know that's not how stadiums work and that's not how tv contracts i mean that's not how uh uh you know television slots work you can't just say okay we can't be on the seven can you put us on at eight you know there are a bunch of things that are playing around that. So the closer we get to the season, we might end up having to play these seasons out. Well, we don't know what the negotiation exactly. would be after that happens, you know, because this whole upcoming season could change the entire landscape and, and the assumptions of where the strong and the weak spots are. You know, what if Orlando? What if the attendance in Orlando shoots up? Which I mean, as hot as it is down there, I mean it's ass hot. So, I mean, I i i i don't it's not a mystery to me why they struggle with attendance but let's well, just say you, you know, sit
0: everybody in the sun too that doesn't go over yeah, too well you know yeah
1: but you know i think that if the if the guardians are better this year too i mean because that's some of it too uh if they're better you know you might have some people that are willing to come out and sit through that um but if that's just for argument's sake say that the guardians get their attendance up to somewhere around what the renegades have, which is somewhere in the 14,000s, okay? The guardians were around 8,000. Let's say they can at least get it up to 14,000 or something like that, you know? I happen to know that the city of Orlando really, really wants the guardians there. They're really willing to work with them. So do you give up that? Do you give up that relationship and you see, you can see a noticeable uh, growth? And people coming out to support support the team. What yeah. if um, you know, or or let's let's go opposite. You know, let's just say they take a team to a market. Let's just for and I don't want to look like I'm picking on USFL people. Let's let's pick on Vegas. Let's say they put Vegas in a different city, and they're like, well, let's put it in I don't know Henderson, Nevada, and let's see how it does there. And let's just say it doesn't do well. Now you would have had two consecutive years of the Viper struggling. And so if that conversation comes up again on who do we ask, it might start to make sense to, to put them on pause, you know?
0: Yeah. Save the money. Cause obviously it's not getting a return. That's the thing for me. Um, I don't know, man. It, yeah. it, that's a rough one as well. Same thing with Houston. Cause we don't, even if the season is coming next year, we don't know where we're playing. We can well, guess and we can say, but yeah, yeah. in the end, we do not know the facts of that, of what's happening. So that's another tough one, in my opinion, just to, I don't yeah. know. Now these, uh, in terms of these numbers, what what's the most popular team in terms of the numbers? Not Not your opinion, just the data.
1: Okay, well, so that's what I'm saying. You have to, if you want to say... If you want to say everything taken together yep, weighted yep. together, then the most popular team, uh, the strongest team, I'll say this, because when you when you're talking about popularity, there's so many different dimensions to measure that.
0: Well, when I say popularity, I mean, it, who's got the best numbers, so, you know, the DC. Uh, OK, that's DC, what I mean.
1: D.C. and then Arlington, Birmingham and St. Louis. Um, like I said, on um, social media, your legacy XFL teams, I mean, like your DC, Arlington, St. Louis, Houston, Roughnecks, Seattle, I mean, they're pretty much top of the pack everywhere. Um, there's one spot where New Jersey jumps up on TikTok and is the most popular, but that's kind of an outlier for them. Um, but my, my power rankings basically show you if you aggregate everything together so that everything has a, has a say, but nothing has too much of a say, uh, you pretty much see where the rankings, uh, to, uh, where they come out. Um, I think some of the Brahma fans are probably going to be mad at me because I have the Brahmas at nine. Yeah. I know XFL, Mike, Jari already know he threw his cup at the, at the computer. So, <laughs> at the TV. so uh, But I mean, think about it. You had four teams in the XFL that made the playoffs, you know, ahead of San Antonio. So it shouldn't really, they would have been fifth just in the XFL. If you just look at that particular thing, uh, but some of that we have uh, teams like San Antonio, Las Vegas, and Orlando. Some of that I want to say really is just because they're new teams and their social media really is kind of weak.
0: To be Rama honest. Babe said, "I can see nine, buddy. No harm." LOL. Okay, there okay, <laughs> you go. There you go.
1: So, for instance, um, you know San Antonio—they've got about sixteen thousand four hundred followers on Twitter. Um, they're doing pretty well on Facebook in terms of how they compare overall. I mean, they're sixth, but their numbers are still kind of low, uh, particularly for an XFL team, because on Facebook, they've got 12,000 followers, but the next team up, which is DC, they've got 34,000. So that's, that's a pretty big difference. Um, however, on IG, they do pretty well. They've got about 57,000. Oh, wow. End. Yeah. XFL does really well on Instagram. I, I don't. That, that's one of the things that I kind of wanted to try to dive deeper into is, is what makes certain platforms more popular for certain teams. Like when you look, I said before that I thought that maybe this was just an age thing that the older the team, the better the the, the following. But when you go to IG, I mean, even these young teams, San Antonio, uh, Vegas, Orlando, I mean, they're doing better than all the USFL teams and I, i'm curious as to what explains that is it that i do know that the usfl has a comparatively older following um that so would make that, sense that, that <clears throat> it, it could just be that the older followers are just not as likely to use instagram but then what explains the fact that the generals are number one on TikTok?
0: yeah that's you that's know? a head scratcher no doubt yeah it and in terms of the XFL, I mean, I feel like, like I said, they had much more of a team approach to their social media, and that correlation you can see in these numbers, in my opinion, yeah. you can see you know, it's it's a team effort, and it, it, I'm wondering if USFL is just individual. You know, if there's a couple guys here, a couple yeah. barrels there, and they they do what they can to keep up.
1: And that would make sense because I happen to know that Fox is not as when it comes to the social media stuff, they're not as fan friendly as the XFL has
0: tended to be. uh You can get I, explain right. that, please explain that for the people at home. Um, so, for instance,
1: um, you do not have to be an extra There, are, uh, let me put it this way: there are accounts, of, for instance, on YouTube where they can put up XFL highlights, and that's what they do every week. They would put up XFL highlights, and it was fine. Uh, the usfl will copyright strike you for putting their highlights up yep yep so when you have that kind of relationship you know over social media with your fans where they there's a limit to what they can share i think that some of this is what you would end up with
0: yeah it's almost censorship on your own accord you know right unfortunately i mean i just from my my vision and and it's hard to get the usfl numbers the data uh injury reports anything you know xFL right. once you get those credentials and you get hooked up with your contact you have full throttle information that they release publicly it, it's right. it's for your your viewing pleasure right um, usfl yeah. does not feel similar just as a media coverage um, basis
1: i dealt with that with trying to come up with these power rankings because what do i do i gave everybody excuse me i gave all the teams a ranking for attendance and of course, the hub teams don't get any points for that because they don't, you know, typically have any fans there. But I know for a fact that Birmingham and Michigan and Memphis—I know those. I know they have fans there. Yep. But they won't give me the numbers, so I couldn't, I couldn't really give them an accurate uh, amount of points in the comparison. What I basically did was just as a gesture of friendliness, I said, "Okay, nobody was St. Louis." Okay, because trust me, if they were St. Louis, we'd have those numbers.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: But I'm not going to put you down there with uh, Vegas either. I'm not going to say you're that bad. So I'm going to assume that you were somewhere around what the middle of the XFL was and give you the same points that I would have given them. Um, But I mean, how hard would it have been? Just give me those numbers. I mean, who knows? Maybe a, a USFL team slides up a little bit if I have actual numbers. You know, for instance, Michigan, does Michigan go up a little more if I actually have numbers that I can put with that? Now, the way I the way I weighted the um, the rankings, there would not have been an astronomical change, though. Uh, I do know what point differential there would have been, you know, if they had done better than the points I gave them. And it wouldn't have really adjusted anything too much.
0: Mike G. said, I told you, just go back and watch the games and count them. Shouldn't take long. <laughs> burner, Mike G. Burner. I mean, the data would be awesome. And just the transparency knows that, hey, it, it's all good. We don't mind. It, 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 to me, it seems like you have something to hide whenever you're not being transparent exactly. with your, your numbers. And that's exactly. that's with anything you're doing, uh, whether it's U.S. government or football. It's the right. same stuff, you know? Right. Yeah,
1: and I think what you were talking about with the social media. Just to point out another thing, if you want to scroll down just a little bit, uh, the league's main pages. You also see a big difference there. Um, go down a little bit more, right here. Keep going. One more. Okay, right there. Now, when it says league social media comparison, these are that's the main page for the league.
0: Understood. On those
1: Okay? Uh Look down at Instagram. Look at the comparison there. Wow. Woo-wee.
0: <laughs> my Lord. That's a big difference, my friend. Yeah. YouTube subscriptions.
1: 83,000 versus 26,000. See, the USFL would probably benefit from having a more relaxed attitude toward allowing people to share their highlights. You see what I mean? Because... How many people, I can already tell you that just from the XFL page itself, there are 83,600 people that go there to see highlights and see other kinds of information, but you've got other people out there that probably get watched every bit as much that are sharing those highlights. I mean, because I would know because there was one guy's channel that I would always watch because he would have the highlights up real quick and his views were getting about as much as as the XFL main page. So, again, that's extra distribution. And we didn't even calculate that in this. How many extra people that are not officially part of the league are distributing content for these
0: leagues? And,
1: you know, when you're behind in your main accounts and you don't let anybody else do any distribution for you, how are you going to compete with a league that is ahead of you in every platform? And they allow other people to share things, too. I don't know how you're going to keep up with that. I think, I look at things like the fact that you ever notice that when an NFL player is struggling, they're like, oh, well, he's going to be in the XFL next year. That, that statement that the XFL is kind of gaining traction in common, what we call common parlance, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a statement that people just, they don't have to do research to make it. It's just something that people think to say nobody is saying oh well maybe he'll be in the usfl that lets you know that that lets let you know what a brand recognition is and which brand is taking root um you know in people's discussions
0: interesting interesting now let me go back i'm going to go back and look by the way there. the only
1: one that's close is TikTok on there TikTok, they're not the usfl is competing pretty good on there yeah
0: and they're it was about- funny is when you posted this on twitter I mean, we had a, a, a rando account comment the TikTok followers. So in that, somebody was plugged in or somebody had been working or somebody's proud of those numbers, apparently. Right. Um, because, you know, we always got those fake burner accounts on Twitter that like to strike. <laughs> they can't have an informed conversation. They just make a, a out-of-place comment or insult you and then run away and then hop onto another burner account and let's do it again. It, it's a very right. common thing on there. But yeah, man, wow, wow. Uh, let me roll up some questions now, Gregory, he's got some questions, so we're going okay. to get to it. Okay. He said, given all that you were saying, please explain. And we've talked about this some already to Marcus, please explain okay. why the XFL model has led them to seek a merger with the USFL. The USFL is trying to survive long enough to attract private ownership for each team.
1: Okay. Uh, that, but that's not a bad question though. Yeah. We've talked about it, but just to answer address that um, because I, Number one, that's a common thing. People keep saying, well, XFL lost money. Why are they looking for a merger? You got to remember also the XFL was talking to the CFL even before last season started. Exactly. So it's not like they had the season there like, oh, shit, now we're you know, we out of money now. They were talking to the CFL before this, this season, this past season even uh, started. So it could just be that. I think what did somebody say that he said that his wife was just that... That woman that if we go to the party, she's just going to chat with everybody. Maybe the XFL is just that. They're that league that's like, hey, we'll, we'll we'll go work with you. We'll go, you know, see what's going on with you.
0: Well, they did have the agreement with the IFL also. So we can't yeah. forget about that. You you know, that's another there partnership you that they had, you know, that keep getting also, guys and, and sending them down or whatever.
1: Exactly. They went to the NFL and they said they went. I watched an interview with The Rock yesterday. And he's like, look, the first iteration of the XFL, uh had an antagonistic relationship with the nfl and he said we went to the nfl with our hat in our hand and was just like, look we're not trying to outdo you we're not trying to compete with you we want to work with you so that could just be their style their their you know their spirit they want to work with people because they want to they want this to succeed i know this is something that the rock takes very personally because this is an opportunity he didn't have so um but to get to more some of the details uh you said what was the what was the rest of his question?
0: Uh, please explain why the XFL model has led them to seek a merger with the USFL. And then he said, the USFL is trying to survive long enough to attract private ownership for each team.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. I I need USFL people to understand that with the hub model, an assumption is being made. Okay. So let's just say I want to move into a more expensive house. And so I start saving money. Um. But I can only save some money and I never make any more money. You know, I might get into that other house, but eventually the higher bills are going to kick in. And eventually I'm going to start eating away at my savings. And if I don't make any more money, I'm going to end up in the same place as the person that didn't save money. So the USFL is trying to survive, but they are assuming that the popularity of their brand will increase while they're saving money. So the saving money that they're doing on these hubs only works if prices stay predictable when it comes to renting uh, and if the viewership and the fan engagement goes up. What if the viewership plateaus or what if the what if in two or three years when they want to go and market? What if the what if rent prices for stadiums is totally different? They don't necessarily know that when they go into these markets that they're going to be able to survive. And like I said earlier. Uh, in the conversation, what the XFL is doing now by spending money, putting their teams out there, the USFL is going to do that at some point. At some point in time, they're going to have to start paying the electric bill on their own. They're going to have to start paying rent on their own. And guess what? Do we know for a fact that their engagement is enough to carry them over? uh, USFL brothers, listen, think about this. What if the USFL only does well enough to maintain the status quo? What if you never do well enough to take half your leave out of, out of the hose? What if you're stuck with what you have now? Are you okay with that? Some of you guys are. Some of you guys say, hey, I don't care. It's the TV product to me. Cool. But there's a chance you guys could get stranded where you are. So I would not praise this model too much. And like you, like I said earlier, there's a reason why when the XFL called and said, let's merge, there's a reason the USFL said, okay, let's talk. If you call your ex and say, let's get back together and she doesn't hang up on you, evidently she's thinking about getting back together too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if she says, okay, let's have coffee, the rendezvous, right? Evidently she's got feelings for you. So, I mean, you can say what you want to say. The USF, like I said earlier, both of these business models have a problem. The XFL is going to burn through money. We know that. But the USFL is not going to make as much money as they could. I compare it to if Matt and I want to start a music career and Matt spends money to I get on. Yeah, he spends money to get in front of crowds to 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 get his name out there. He's spending more money, right? What if I go stand on the street corner and sing for free? I'm saving <laughs> money, right? Aren't I? Aren't I saving more money than Matt is? But who do you think is going to hit quicker? Who so do you think exactly. people are going to start talking about quicker? So, yeah, I can save my money stinging on the street corner, but I mean, it'll just be me there.
0: Understood. Understood. And I don't think that answer is like bad or one sided. You're just telling your opinions on on the business end of, of how this looks. Right. You're not. You're not saying bad USFL, good XFL. You're no. saying let's. T- they're going to have to take the best of the two things and put them together to become exactly. an entity to build more exactly. and more.
1: And as a matter of fact, I guess I wasn't going to, I didn't think we would be able to fit it in here. But since we got on the topic, I I think I'll go ahead and say it. I remember I was saying, I think I know what I would do with those hub teams. This is what I would do. And it it may not save as much money, but I think it's a good idea. (laughs) What I would do is, let's say we don't get a stadium for Vegas. So, okay, let's go ahead and put them in the hub too, okay? Okay. But I wouldn't just put them in one city and just play them there. I might play most of their game. Let's just say they pick the hub in Arlington, right? That's the hub central for those games. Number one, I'd pick a better, I'd pick a state where I felt like people were more enthusiastic about football, so I could probably at least get some attendees. But you know what I would do? All of these different cities that we're thinking about moving spring football in, I would play at least one weekend I would take those hub teams and I'd fly them out to that city. The CFL has what they call Touchdown Atlantic. They're thinking of of, of expanding uh, into, I think, Halifax. They want to take their league and extend it uh, out east and have a team out there. Well, to build up the market out east, they have a, a week called Touchdown Atlantic in the CFL where everybody goes out east and they play games out there. And they let the people that live out there come to the games and it's a whole it's a whole event and they love it and i say well why not do that with these hub teams instead of just letting them sit there playing in the empty stadiums not really they're not costing anything but they're not doing anything for you either i would have those teams i want you to imagine this you know the breakers they used to be a portland breakers team right and they've been talking about well portland was a rumored place for the vipers to go Imagine a game in Portland between the Vipers and the Breakers. Hmm. You see what I mean? I and I'd send I'd send Philadelphia and Jersey out there, too, and just have a weekend where spring football is out here. You know? yep. I'd shop the league around to grow the popularity of it in markets where, you know, we could do it in Omaha, uh, where they don't have anything like this. They may come out like, for instance, Omaha, they've got the Little League World Series, I think, that's out there. There's something else that they have out there every year. You know, this could be a thing too. The spring classic, put it in, you know, some of these cities where they don't have stuff.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, I, I, I feel what you're saying. And I, I think a hybrid hub model is definitely than just, a, it's better than just a hub model. <laughs> right. I mean, we know that cause that's the XFL was a hybrid hub model. Right. We, we don't like to think of it like that, but I mean, it truly was, um, in its in the beginning, you know, as the games progressed and season went, they were traveling and practicing and doing things in different cities, but it started there in Texas. Yeah.
1: I don't think people are complaining about the the flyout hub where it's like, OK, yeah, you yeah. don't stay in your city, but at least you go play out there. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I think that the, the USFL would benefit from doing and maybe even the merge league, Let's let's talk about it from the standpoint of a merge league. A lot of the anxiety that people have is they're going to cut my team uh, because, you know, maybe because of expenses. Well, instead of pulling these teams completely out of the market. So let's take Seattle, for instance. Everybody says, oh, Seattle's the one that it's way kind of tucked off. It's by itself. Uh, It's expensive to fly out there. The players complain. Okay, so why don't we do this? Instead of just yanking Seattle out of that market and pissing off those fans and making them less likely to embrace the team if it ever goes back, maybe uh, a compromise that they might be willing to accept is, okay, well, let's instead of playing five games in Seattle, let's just play three. All right, we'll play the division games. Seattle will get all of its division games at home. Uh, they'll get their division home games in Seattle. But to save money, we're going to pull the other two games. At least you're engaging with the fans. you know, And you can save a little money. And maybe you can do that with a couple of teams. Maybe when you move the Generals into Jersey, maybe they don't play a whole season in market. Maybe they just play a couple of games there, but at least the fans get a shot to come out and see their team.
0: So that there makes a bunch of different,
1: yeah, there are a bunch of different ways you can do it, but I think that what this data shows is just that that strict hub model where the team plays in the town that really doesn't necessarily care about them, that's I don't think that's going to work for the USFO. Well.
0: Agreed. I mean, it's not going to l- work for a long term product, no matter what you right. do. You right. have to move, shift, change. I mean, you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. We know right.
1: that. Right. Like, how many times <clears throat> will you watch Dave Chappelle tell jokes just to the phone? You know, I mean,
0: come on. I don't know, he's pretty funny, so I might watch him a couple times, you know. A couple of times not gonna watch it <laughs> like
1: 10 times for you know two hours every
0: weekend. <laughs> Here, Kenneth said, uh, to Demarcus's point, that might be even more marketable because the relative season ticket package in Seattle would be cheaper. And oh. that's it. And then most people yep. are traveling to these games, much like Kenneth. I know he travels for games. So I mean it that's speaking from someone in that perspective. You know that's not me and you talking as media. This guy's a super right. fan. He's yeah. coming to these games and he's telling you, "Hey, this could work for me, but you know, I, I think a lot of the, the issue with everybody is just lack of information, right. misinformation. You know, we we'll have one rumor drop and then we'll have four articles and three shows yeah. about, you know, one piece of information that may or may not be relevant to the topic exactly. of choice. Right, it, it's it's a redundant process, and we're seeing that over and over and over. And like I told many people, like this, I I've, I've cut out November. You know, we were doing two or three shows a week, and at this point, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to have this conversation every time. This is this is okay. Right. We're talking this about. We're, we're talking about this data. We're discussing opinions. We're we're talking about things that are objective. You know, we're we're not exactly. sitting here telling our opinions, and, and, yeah. and we're not
1: trying to tell people which teams are going to get cut, and you know
0: yep the you know, rock you know, was in dc was so he's going to be president you know this isn't <laughs> shit that we're sitting here saying we're sitting here trying to show you guys the data the numbers the information so you can decide for yourself exactly. i mean you can argue with the people in the comments you can argue with me but i'm personally i'm not going to argue with you this is my job is to present this info and and pick apart and and discuss it with someone like demarcus so right to note and, yeah.
1: And like I said, I mean, if I put my my personal bias into this, I mean, if if this was me putting forth what I wanted to see, I'd have every single XFL team from one to eight, every single USFL team from nine to 16.
0: And then you would pick but, the reasons why I, each of yeah, those. Who, yeah, very, very easy. Yeah. Right. You could find whatever information you wanted to validate your own opinion. But yeah. with this, you show that. You know, you're gathering this for the purpose of both of these leagues and spring football alone.
1: Exactly. I mean, if I could have hit TikTok. I, I, I could have said, hell, I don't want to I don't want to see New Jersey at the top of that. I'm just not going to put that in there. No, <laughs> it is what
0: it is. Very relevant. You know, and that's, and that's why I mean,
1: honestly, I'm kind of. I. That's probably what makes me say I do want the merger to go ahead and happen so that I do want to keep the rivalry between the two sides but i want it to be something that benefits the league instead of it being something that could potentially because there is a scenario where we can't agree with each other if we can't accept anything you know we're just not gonna have a league
0: at all you got to cannibalize each other yeah you know? that was already uh, problem. Uh, yep yeah 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 right now in, in terms of news outlets i mean you're either pro xfl or pro usfl and right. it, it, if it, just because someone doesn't say that look at their work and then yeah. let that speak for what what i'm saying that that's right. my thing you know um exactly. i want to note too i mean we don't get paid for doing this this is stuff me and you are doing for enjoyment for the love for for everything spring football i mean this isn't this website and this link you're not getting paid for this this is stuff that you're doing in your own time on your own pocket so i wanted to note yep. that as well yep
1: and that's one of the things that makes me love the league is that you know in the nfl there already are thousands of people that are doing exactly. this stuff already so you just kind of consume it but yep. with this league it's like if we don't get in here and break this data down and talk about it you know like there exit there was an xfl live show during the season
0: there's no xfl live show now so
1: if we're gonna talk about things it's gonna be us and, but, but i like that
0: you know yeah the fan-driven media is necessary and, and once we have some concrete news on this merger or not merger, you know, we're going to see a lot more of, of the analytics and the the discussions that we really want right Right. now. This is the content that's being absorbed by 95% of people. Right. Yeah, that's true. And so we've, we've pretty much hit all the the big things. I mean, I, I said most popular, least popular. You can view that yourself on these charts, guys. I'm not even going to question you on the least popular at this point, you know, cause I don't want to hate on any team and I don't want it to appear that we are, we're doing that to hate on that team. If that makes sense.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: What's some um, important factors to remember in this, in, in your opinion, when you were building this, when you were getting ready to present it to people, what's some things that is important to remember, good or bad?
1: Uh, I wanted to make sure that, we get a stronger league um in this merger if it's a situation where we have to you know cut off a little bit i wanted to know for myself as a consumer as a viewer that they're trimming off the 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 things that needed to be trimmed off or that they could justifiably be trimmed off so that i can cheer for this league you know with all of my you know with all my heart so to speak um, so I think it's important that when we look at this data, that number one, um, data can change. You know, this time next year, this stuff's going to be totally different. For sure. You know what I mean? There's no rule that says any of these teams have to stay where they are. So and if you don't like the data, this data is about you. This data is not about the money spent by the team. This is about how many of you got out and supported your team. So if you don't like your team being low, you know, ranked low somewhere. That's telling you what you need to do. So this is a mirror. This is not, you know, this is not a finger point that somebody knows.
0: <laughs> in terms of negative stuff, is there anything important to remember? Anything that, you know, that, that stuck out to you maybe when you were doing this?
1: Uh, when you say negative, you mean in terms of what it could mean for the teams?
0: Yes, or or just in general numbers, you know. If... Well,
1: I will say this in terms of the teams. When I look at the engagement when you look at the low engagement of some of these teams, um, there is going to come a point where the cost benefit is going to kick in. Even if they keep all 16 of these teams, you know, if Orlando and Vegas, if their crowds don't improve, you know, even if they keep them this year, I mean, if their engagement doesn't improve, I mean, they did okay on television, but, you know, if we're spending money to keep you in the stadium and, and it's not growing, there could still be, a situation where they say okay we gotta we gotta see what we're gonna do with this um so i think that there's still some teams that are on the bubble here and i think that that's going to be a sort of an ongoing thing to watch uh like i said even if they take all 16 teams into the new hub i mean into the new to the new league I understand i think that um i'm encouraged by what i see roughneck fans doing um If the league, I don't know what the league is looking at when they decide whether or not they're going to pick one team over the other. Um, I do worry about because this this data shows that Houston is the Roughnecks are so much more popular than the Gamblers. If they pick the Gamblers over the Roughnecks, I mean, I just would not be surprised if you know Houston ends up not having a team because I just don't see the following. I don't see rough. I don't see 100 of Roughnecks fans just rolling over and becoming Gambler fans.
0: Not the ones they, I know,
1: because they have a choice. I mean, if the, if they wanted to watch the Gamblers as much as the Roughnecks, and and if they want to follow the Gamblers as much as the Roughnecks, these the stats would be more even because they'd be following both. They're not following both, at least not the majority of the fans. And so I kind of worry about what's going to happen in Houston. I think that if you guys really want your team, like I said, get your season tickets you know, raise hell, you know, and let them know that, you know, that's, that's your pick.
0: Mike G said, I see them growing attendance and things like this will, I mean, we've saw the, the capabilities of just starting the online stuff, the petition, and then it lead led to now where, you know, you have over 800 people on, on this form.
1: Yeah. Put the gamblers in Oklahoma city. You got all those
0: casinos out there
1: at that name. just Great
0: name. out there. Yeah. And they need something minutes. to do out that way, you know. There's not too much. There you go. Yep.
1: It's it's what it's like what thirty minutes away from OU, I think. So, you know, I guess downtown OKC is about, you know, thirty minutes away from OU. Those college students need something to do. Come on.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. You could yep. yeah. So make um, it. I, make it. I got, I got a
1: whole business package put together for that.
0: <laughs> hey, you got to save that for when they call you up and hire you, man. <laughs> That'd <be> all right. <laughs> Oh, let me see if we got – last thing I got for you, man. I mean, and you've talked a lot about your personal opinions, but is there any opinions you want, you know, to really validate or tell people before we hop off there?
1: Um, well, I can't necessarily say. I mean, not, not that I haven't talked about already. I think this definitely validates, you know, a lot of what people say in terms of which Houston team to pick. I think it definitely validates getting, you know, direct fan engagement. Um, I think that's definitely born out here. So there's not anything necessarily outside of that. Not that I can think about the top of my head while I'm like in front of all these people, you know, (laughs) (laughs) three o'clock in the morning. I'll be like, damn,
0: (laughs) you know. Hey, we'll pre-record. Just hop on, man. Just let me know. I mean, dude. And then Mike G said, uh, hold on, let me get back to it. He said for your first live broadcast, he thinks you did great. And I, I agree, man. You did a good job. I know you were a little nervous coming into it, but I mean, how good has this conversation been? It's not, it's very relaxed, very, you know, to the point. Yeah. I, I appreciate your research, your data, your time, your love for the sport, the passion, everything, man. Thank you for for helping out, being a contributor and doing things for the league, you know, not, not necessarily even for the show. Right.
1: Yeah. And then, like I said, with the fans, the people that are listening, I mean, you know, we all have our preferences, but I like talking about this stuff with everybody. You know, I have an iron sharpens iron approach. We don't have to agree. You know, you if you look at the data and you see something in it that maybe I didn't pull out, I mean, please, by all means, bring it up. I want to I want to be able to to understand more about what I'm pulling out. I mean, a lot of what I did was just data hunting. And trying and really honestly, try not to draw too many conclusions. Let's just see what information is out there and let's let the conclusions come to us rather than be saying, okay, I'm gonna look for this.
0: Yeah, you're getting some good praise right now, man. Great job on your work, says Henry.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then
0: Brahma Babe said, excellent. <clears throat> but yeah, dude, I think you did a good job, man. Thank you for doing this. Like I said, the link will be in the notes. And click it, check it out, guys. You can find Demarcus on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter. He's more he's more active, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I'll have that as well. It's flashing there at the bottom, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes too. In terms of places to find you or anything you want to plug, you know, before you hop off,
1: uh, yeah, they can find me. Like I said, I'm more active on Facebook and Twitter, um, but uh, I do want to, just like I said, plug if you know any teachers. Um, tell them to go to assignments2go.com. To one of our goals is just to help get teachers, you know, uh, free tools and resources to help, you know, with engage. especially if you know a new teacher, you know, they're always looking for stuff. Or if you have a high school uh, child that's in high school, you know, we've got some tools there that can help them study. Uh, we really want to create a positive online learning community for kids, you know, so that we can get the emphasis back on education like it used to be and you know bring in some of the more modern day tools because you would think that kids know how to use modern day tools to educate themselves they don't so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. they they know it for the wrong purposes unfortunately right right (laughs) man it's good that you're you're doing that man for real i I appreciate it and i'm sure there's a lot of people who who appreciate you out there so keep doing your thing dude much respect much love keep on rocking brother
1: All right, thank you i appreciate you guys too and matt great talking to you look forward to doing it again
0: yes sir you have a good night and we'll talk soon okay thank you you too all right gonna wrap it up appreciate demarcus again for tonight great conversation he was a little nervous coming in so guys if you you watched you paid attention you like what you heard follow him show him some love uh if you got some feedback interact me him Avion, Mike, any of the guys that you want to talk to, interact with us, send us messages, talk, we're, we're friendly. We're not going to bite your head off for having a comment or discussion, even if it's somewhat negative to our cause or whatever. Uh, what Much of what we're trying to do is non-biased news. And by news, it doesn't necessarily mean you know CNN, Fox News type style. We want to sit down and talk talk about a topic, research it, figure out the basis for what the hell is going on. And honestly, you can't really do that in a three to five minute segment about something or or a three to five minute, you know, article reading or whatever. You know, it's getting people that have done the work, done the research, and, and having the discussions. And so that that's what we're here for. If you guys know anybody that wants to come on the show that has a legit resume, as I said, let me know. We'll get them on. More discussions, the better. Really try to give a good overview of, of resources for the XFL or spring football world since starting this, and it's gone really well. And I appreciate the fans, players, coaches, staffs, XFL, XFL board. Pleasure. So thank you again. Um, if you were rubbed wrong by this information, you should definitely reanalyze what you're trying to do here with with your support. You know, are, are you toxic? Are you <laughs> a little bit bad? Because this isn't something that we're trying to bash one or the other. This is literally – Uh, sitting down and talking about these numbers that you can go look up yourself as well now like he said he did judge these in in a certain setting in a a certain degree so that it wasn't unfair or biased Um, and and in that article you can read more about it and and understand exactly what he meant by that that's it for me guys i'm tired that was a long one we didn't expect to stay on that long honestly uh, thanks to XFL for letting me cover. Hopefully we'll get some news soon of the league. Uh, there was some news of The Rock in D.C. a couple days ago. Uh, something about uh, military recruitment and such. So I don't think it's XFL related, honestly. And as well as I saw The Rock on Joe Rogan. Listen to that. Didn't hear a peep about the XFL, really. So, I mean, just, just in case you guys did hear that or see that. Uh, it was about a two and a half hour show or something like that. So, Anywho... We will not have a show probably until after Thanksgiving. So just keep that in mind. I will update the socials and let you know as soon as I have another show. But I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse and I'm about to do a little bit of traveling for for the holiday. So, uh, look for something probably late November, early December, unless some news drops that I that we got to talk about. And then of course we'll do a last minute show. Uh, it's always a great pleasure so appreciate you guys and happy thanksgiving to you happy thanksgiving brahma babe i appreciate your support and you you representing the league i see you always commenting and showing the love so thank you and i appreciate everybody else who who does the same so it's greatly appreciated and it really is motivation to keep going and just provide a good resource as i said in the beginning of the show or somewhat in the beginning uh, we do have some some stuff coming out probably in the next week and and it's going to kind of solidify our movement here in in news and alternative football news and uh i look forward to to getting that out and showing everybody what we've worked on and what what we've done the team that i have here is great and i appreciate each and every one of them and their differences and the way they they discuss and and lay out problems and i look forward to the collaboration that happens (laughs) you said (laughs) kenneth said when are we getting a remote slash game day?" broadcast i tell you what if the season happens next year i will do one for sure my plan next year is to do some type of tour and then go to different stadiums and check everything out if things work out like i want them to then then that will happen and and you guys will know for sure it won't be a secret anywho that's it for me please like share follow comment uh do whatever you need to do check out the show check out check out the following check out the leagues xfl usfl Whatever may happen, guys, I just want you to know I'm going to support it. Just don't flub up the the marketing. Don't flub up the the good things that you have. Keep doing what you're doing. And I look forward to this product, whether it's individual next year or emerged, regardless. That's it for me, guys. Until we talk again, I'm going to go take it easy and enjoy my night. Peace out. Have a good one.